Yeah, really, you missed the excitement last week where uh, it took me like 30 minutes to get my mic reconfigured. So be happy. <laughs> it, it works this time. I, I'm, I'm glad I missed that because I'd probably be cranky. I'd be like, I'm out of here. Peace. I believe Peace. <laughs> I have too many That's computers. Fun. It's annoying. It's a first world problem. I have seven laptops. What's the right one for the job? I don't know. Is the number actually seven? Um, so let me think about this for a second. One, two, three, four, five, six. No, just six. <laughs> like, how many of those are Chromebooks that you probably bought for like a hundred bucks? Two. Two of them are Chromebooks that I bought for under a hundred dollars. Okay. Nice. Three are badass giant gaming laptops and one is a work laptop. So six. You doing like, like a private LAN party or something or what are you doing? Uh, I mean, Taboo and I got a, got a game. I don't want to have to readjust when I go from the couch to the desk to the bed. <laughs> yeah, but it's like being sold for art for like $69 million. I don't These people are just... Am I dumb or are they dumb? Like, I'm who's the dumb sorry. One what? This, these are not mutually exclusive options, really. Time's up. Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm not ready. Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. We're your hosts, Tonapod, Zach Mayer, and Raul Torres. Say hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Co- on that one. <laughs> Correct. And this, dear listener, is Quest 137. When were you blinded by the hype machine? So, uh, Zach, you, you thought this topic would be fun. What does this even mean? What does it mean to be blinded? By the hype machine to wrapped up, be wrapped up in the night like a douche, another runner in the night. Out of this bad day. Yeah. Just shut wow. Up, shut up. It's amazing that you come up with this shit just off the top of your head. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm so, not even on drugs. But you could be. <laughs> that would be incoherent. <laughs> Life is good, but it could be better. Um, yeah. uh, so there's been a lot of. Everybody knows what hype is, and there's been a lot of stuff that's been hyped up. Uh, rightly or wrongly over the last 10, 20, God, 30 odd years. Um, and, you know, it's I, I think we thought it would be fun to take kind of a retrospective and look back and be like, hey, what were we really excited about in days past? Did it pan out? Did it not? What were the highs and lows? Spoilers. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes the hype train delivers. It depends on how far you ride it. <laughs> well, okay, I think I think we should start off with... Uh, I think this was the item that actually made me originally make a list for this stuff. Uh, this was the ultimate hype movie. It had been uh, well over a decade since the previous movie. Um, this was a return. There was originally a trilogy. This was the turn to kick off a brand new trilogy. Everyone is excited. The original creator was coming back. They were having amazing casting like um, Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor. Everyone was so, so excited for this. This trailer dropped on, uh, on what the fuck was App- Apple QuickTime? Something like that. Apple QuickTime yeah. is a thing. So. Yeah, yeah. So this was the late 90s. All of us with our dial-up modems would, would literally sp- like let this, this internet trailer buffer for like fucking 20 minutes just so we could watch a two-minute trailer. Was, oh, was my this God. the same thing that people bought tickets to some boring rom-con and then just immediately left because they only wanted to see the trailer? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I'm okay. surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, really, what could we possibly be talking about? The Phantom Menace, obviously. 
Star Wars Episode One. The hype for this was fucking insanity. Um, oh, it was nuts. Everyone was so excited. Every like everything was uh, promotional for this. Every restaurant was doing shit. Coke had all of their collectible cans. Again, this was really truly, I think, the first like viral internet trailer um, on again truly Apple's fucking uh, uh, QuickTime. Everyone had installed that goddamn plugin. I mean, this this was crazy. People, you know, there's all those. Uh, you can watch documentaries. People lining up at theaters and sleeping overnight to get their tickets and. Uh, I remember, like, my dad got our family tickets to go see it, not on opening day, but, like, you know, a day or two after. Uh, this was this was so, so hype. How did it work out for us? <laughs> I mean... And we, got, we got a movie. We got, a, we got some really pretty starship battles. Yeah. Darth Maul I mean, was pretty cool, too. Darth Maul is enduring. Um... Him and <laughs> him and Obi Wan really just are the only salvageable things from that film. Qui Gon was okay; he was okay, but Darth Maul—that <laughs> really—that was the—it it was the one thing that made me, even looking back, not regret Episode One. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you know, keep in mind this was 1999. I don't how old were we like 14 15 something like that 16 somewhere in there we were right in the right age younger bracket. than that. 90 we were no 90, 99 i would have been uh 14 yeah it depends on what time of the year uh 14 or 15 yeah. and um like we we were the target demographic when that movie came out and that oh, Lord. was a big driver and i remember at the time being like, fuck yes, Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> subsequent nothing but Star Wars. Stuff rewatching it over the last two decades. Eh. Darth Maul's still cool though. <laughs> Duel of the Fates. That score yeah, was excellent. No, for, yes, absolutely. This was. Uh, I mean, this was. That like I tell you, this was peak John Williams. It was an absolute highlight, specifically Duel of the Fates. My God, that music, the whole score was amazing, but that particular song was the shit. Uh, the trailer was the shit. This is now. I, I don't. I can't critique '90s movies well enough. I, I you know I'm not that kind of uh, internet nerd. Um, but I feel like this was one of the first examples of nowadays. Something I complain about a lot with movies is they they all look so beautiful and they have so many talented people working on them and everything just comes together and like no no big blockbuster movie these days is like poorly produced. I think this is one of the first times I can remember or think of where it was a situation like that where it was so well produced. Everyone working on it was so passionate. It was fucking Star Wars. Everything looks great, sounds great. And the movie's just not very fucking good, goddammit, George. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't know. It was the prettiest turd. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was a, a nice sort of break, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was an interesting break. There's, it, good or bad, change is at least interesting. And when they did away with um, the puppets for all of the... Uh, practical effects when they went you know and really all in on digital effects um especially for the characters they did a good job as good a job as you could do in 1999 and you know even today it's fine it's not spectacular compared to some of the stuff that's coming out um 
you look at especially the the MCU, like their stuff is just fucking incredible. Thanos, hell. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, at the time it was still impressive. It was still a generational leap in effects, right? So that at its for its time it was fine. Um, it, it was a it was a well produced movie. But who wants to sit and watch two and a half hours of like trade negotiations? Because that's basically what it was. <laughs> The Senate yeah. will now hear from the Senator from the small planet of Nadu. I just... I mean, cool, <laughs> I guess. I'm glad that we have something like that to kind of flesh out that world a little bit, but I don't need to know that it needed to be a movie. Maybe That's a funny. comic book. The, the podcaster will now represent the chair of El Paso. <laughs> What's well, funny, because, like, one of the things I never, like, as a kid growing up, like, I never understood about Star Wars is the fact that the movie starts with this giant wall of text... Made me always feel like, did I miss something? Did did like this? Did do a whole other set of movies happen at some point in time? That's just I don't know. It's, it's just it's so much information. Just, uh. Yeah. Well, it's, it's such an example of they dump all that exposition and they spend the first part of the movie kind of just walt walking around and not doing anything, dumping more exposition. I don't know. It, it's oh, the pacing of that movie is so bad. Yeah, it was like they told and didn't show, and then they just continued to do that for the entire film. Um, I don't know. It was... <sighs> it's a frustrating movie, more than anything. But it was definitely hyped. Like, the hype train was real. Um, and I remember, honestly, being more excited for the second one. Like, What? It's, really? Yeah. I, I remember being more excited for the second one, because I'm like, surely they've learned. <laughs> no, they they made money. What's 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 lesson that we learned with printing money? Yeah, spoiler. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hype train. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. This was. I. I like. This is another. Um. And we're gonna talk about. I think. I think this is a perfect movie to segue into in a moment here. But this was one of those like you know you you you're so excited to see the movie you get in and watch it and i i can vaguely remember what my you know little 14 or 15 year old self uh was was thinking when when you watch it and then you walk out start thinking back on it and you're like wait what did i just watch did that have a story <laughs> but it was, it was just so exciting to watch dear god the hype train on this was so fucking real um yeah really any Fuck closing yeah. thoughts before we go to the next go to the next one uh y'all didn't mention jar jar binks and i think that's all i'm gonna say about that you said correct <laughs> well cool i i think the perfect thing to segue to next is to say one of the next star wars movies that also had so much hype and uh absolutely had the jabram's uh lens flare effect where you go in and it looks so pretty and it looks it sounds so nice and it's so much fun then you walk out and as like those uh lens flare sunspots start to fade out of your eyes you start blinking and going wait what did i just watch uh, and we reviewed it fairly well on the podcast yeah. Zach, what could I be referring to? <laughs> Gotta be The Force Awakens. Correct. Which is just, I, I mean, in, in hindsight, I, I think, like, everyone was so excited for it. I remember, like, in, like um, the review on the podcast, I think I, I think we all gave it zero cues, and I think I was just saying I was excited mm-hmm. to go on more adventures with these characters, which didn't didn't totally pan out for us. Um, yeah. But it, it just, again, it was absolute hype, and it was just such, you know, a sugar rush when you go to watch that that film. But I, I don't think that you could ever compare the hype of Phantom Menace to 
anything else? I think that is like the number one hype. But yeah, Force Awakens was fucking close. It really I think was. The tough part with that one though is right. Um, timelines are hard, right? But like, how far in the the uh, MCU were we when when they decided to make this film, right? Because I know a lot of folks were like excited at the prospect of like. Hey, Disney's done a pretty fantastic job with the Marvel universe, doing cool interconnected stuff, doing long form storytelling. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great to see that applied to Star Wars. And I think it didn't really play pay any dividends in any of the movies, maybe up until uh, the Mandalorian. But it's like it's kind of weird because like I don't think any of the MCU magic has worn off on like any of the the uh, Star Wars films so far. Because curious on what you guys think. Nah, I buy that. Like, uh, so uh, TFA was 2015. I think that was the same year that the first Avengers movie came out. Is that right? Like, 2016 was Civil War. I so, don't know the years. Pretty sure that 2015 <laughs> was Avengers. Um, so yeah, no, I, I mean the the whole Disney touch was definitely in full swing at the time, and honestly, still kind of is. Like, they've been doing pretty well. Um, and we're probably not gonna talk super deep about stuff like uh wandavision but kind of continuing it's it's going pretty okay tfa was neat in a way that it it was like okay cool the prequels were a thing um and definitely hyped and really really loved it and now we've got uh abrams and uh lucasfilm and disney's involved they're gonna do a star wars Okay, cool. All of the all, all of the ingredients are laid out to make this wonderful Star Wars cake. Let's see how it tastes. And yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it's still fun. Like I enjoyed The Force Awakens. Uh I still give it zero cues. Uh definitely some of the rosiness uh is going away over time. And I feel bad about that, but uh it's colored by the subsequent films i think a little more than it it ought to be or than it deserves to be i I would honestly downgrade all the the star wars sequels well i I would i would downgrade most all the star wars movies to to one q um but let's let's not even go there yeah uh yeah definitely at this point in time the marvel cinematic universe that star was still rising and disney had acquired marvel disney had required acquired uh, Star Wars from Lucas, and I know he got a, I mean, I think deservedly so, a very bad rap for making the prequel trilogy. And so there was just so much hype here, like, oh my god, Disney is buying these different franchises that's um, giving them lots of funding, Marvel's doing amazing. Yes, can they apply that to Star Wars, which is now, let, let's kind of be honest, I think the perception was liberated uh, from mm-hmm. from Lucas's oversight. Yeah. And yeah, there was so much hype. Didn't Didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. No, I mean, there was still a lot of love in that film. Um, Ray as a character, I think, was super interesting. I love John Boyega uh, as the the Stormtrooper Finn. Uh, The bromance in that film, in that first film, uh, between Finn and uh, Poe, was just... It was fun without being overdone. And it got there in the subsequent films. But for just that one... When it first came out, I think they had a lot of great moments that they just kind of failed to capitalize on. Um, that said, like the, it was definitely overhyped for what it really turned out to be. But the hype train was real. And that's why it's on the list. 
Ruli, any closing thoughts for The Force Awakens? No. Correct. We're good. <laughs> well, cool. Gentlemen, uh, do you guys want to put anything on the list here? Uh, are we just oh. doing movies? Just doing movies. Okay. Well, I'm just okay. doing movies. No, whatever. No, no, fine. Fuck it. Anything. Anything goes. Anything goes. Do it. Okay. You ready? I've, I've got a good one because I'm totally cheating and looking off list, but I think this, this is one that I really got excited about. Um, y'all remember Spore? By any chance? <laughs> oh my God, Spore. <laughs> that's your answer. Yes. Ooh, that's was, a good one. I was so excited about it. Like, just like a lot of the stuff, it's, it's, um, I'll just say it anyways, because it's probably going to be another we can talk about. It, it had the same vibe and feeling that I got from like seeing No Man's Sky the first time. We just like a lot of really cool procedural stuff, like this like really crazy, you know, creature building thing. Um, I actually remember like they like, I'm pretty sure they like missed a deadline and they did something. We're like, well, okay, we'll just give you the creature creator. You know, you're not going to get the entire game. We'll give you the creature creator, which is most people were, were interested in. And I bought that. And then I was like, this sucks. Like this is not as cool. It doesn't capture the imagination. I'm just like, uh. and it's just like I don't I don't know why, but I like for some reason like the way they marketed it or the way they talked about it just like got me super excited about it. And then just mm-hmm. eh, it's fallen flat. No, absolutely. It was it was a victim of its own aspirations, I guess. Um, or there was just such a massive disconnect between marketing and development that you know is totally unforeseeable that never happens um but it was a lot of things that were promised and some of them were technically delivered like the whole evolution playing or playing with evolution uh you know building a civilization you did that but it was like the play school version of what you imagined and that was such a letdown it was it could have been so cool. And then everybody just made dicks. <laughs> I, I absolutely remember the hype. I remember people freaking out over there being a bunch about like, you know, is your computer able to handle it? All the evolutions, <laughs> just being able to zoom out. But I also remember the DRM was a big deal. That specifically, oh, yeah. they were like, this is uncrackable. And I think it released on Australia first. So the Australian version was pirated within an hour and you could... Before stores were open in the United States, yeah. you'd be playing the Australian version of Spore. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and that's that's a story that is oft repeated. But it was uh, it was in that it, Spore was 2008, um, so it wasn't quite the early boat, but it was in the early days of or early-ish days of the always online DRM kind of thing. Um, yeah, the the Sim City that came after it had the same. Same issues, and this is just kind of an EA thing at this point. Like, they're the only ones that have really been pushing it. Um, everybody else realize, is watching them going, mm, yeah, no, turns out alienating a bunch of your customers kind of sucks. You get a bad professional rap. Even if you make boatloads of money, is it really worth it? EA says yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Spore, uh, Spore and Fable are commingled in my imagination for hyped games like that. Um, I don't remember if... I, I don't think Spore had the like one guy who was out in front of everything, like Peter Molyneux was, for Fable, but um, it really kind of felt like they had very similar, vastly over-promising and way under-delivering motifs. And for some reason, No Man's Sky is separate. Uh, well, that's another thing to segue into. Yeah. 
Well, no Man's Sky was was the hype train for me. I was so excited for that one. So, but at uh, least at least this one finally has a happy ending, right? Because like that game yeah. they kept Does working it? on is supposed to be amazing Does today. It? <laughs> no, supposedly it is. Zach, de- defend defend Modern's No Man's Sky. You probably know more about this than I do. Well, um, so I I mean I bought it on release. Um, no Man's Sky released in 2016 ish, and um, you know it was fine for certain definitions of fine, it definitely didn't deliver on anything that was promised. And there's a whole story behind that. Uh, uh, Hello Games, the guy whose name I'm blanking on who runs that. I can see his face and I can't think of his name. Yeah, I can't either. Well, I mean, I I don't want to take away from deserved criticism, but this is uh, an (laughs) introverted engineering focused guy who was put in front of a bunch of cameras on stage in front of hundreds or thousands of people and asked questions on the spot and he kind of just said yes to everything which is turns out not the right way to go about it um i'll give you that but so okay one of my questions if they fixed it i may consider checking out again but like the biggest disappointment that i had was like micromanaging your resources just to stay alive and i'm like hey here's this giant planet i it's a walking simulator just just let me walk just let me keep walking and keep walking and keep walking but no it's just like oh my oxygen oh i'm gonna burn up oh i gotta just i gotta go punch these rocks to survive and it got so repetitive and annoying that i'm like this is just dumb like i can't even like enjoy all this cool stuff because i'm too busy micromanaging all this other like resources yeah, I, th- I think they added like new modes where you don't have to worry about resources anymore. If I remember, like an exploration mode or something. They're... If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I honestly I wouldn't know. I think you're probably right, and I think there's even a PvP mode. But uh, like that is now such a small part of the game uh, compared to everything else that's going on. It is much, much more about exploring and finding cool ships and finding interesting critters wandering around, building your repertoire for the different languages in the game. Uh, And honestly, it has... There is uh, a very... I'm not sure how to describe it exactly. it, uh, It has a story. It has a backstory that you sort of learn and intuit as you go through the game and then you're exposed to more directly as you advance in the the sort of main yeah, plot. Supposedly isn't there some like ending or something with like a giant orb? Like I remember seeing like videos of it and I wasn't sure if like is this real or is this fake? And then I also remember recalling seeing like you have to do some like decision in like the first like planet you get on and if you don't do it you basically don't even get to see that ending at all or like some like closure. So I was like that's just mm-hmm. silly. I don't think there's anything quite like what you're describing in there but uh, as you're as you're going through the game it's less that it's telling you a story and more like it's revealing a secret um which itself is kind of a narrative i guess but uh discovering and learning that secret um is satisfying and it's satisfying in a way that still kind of sticks with me i went back and dove back into spore i want to say a year or so ago uh so you know 2020 2019 and really really enjoyed it and they've done a huge amount of improvement to first the world like they had a ton of glitches with any procedural world you're gonna have glitches but um they 
also added just a shit ton of content and they themed it very well and they have released all of these updates as free expansions um which is honestly just the nicest most yeah. correct thing that you could do at that point and they're continuing to do that like they just had a new expansion release i want to say this month um so yeah and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop in the immediate future so how did did they make money is there like microtransactions in the game or something because that seems like very unsustainable no i think they're just selling the game like it's it's a full boxed product and they just keep getting more people to buy it because people hear it's my understanding is that it is more or less now what it had been hyped to be yes that is that is pretty accurate. Like um, there was a, a thread or a site somewhere that was like um, no man's sky promises dot com or something like that. And it was tracking <laughs> literally all the interviews and, and things where things had been promised and uh, sort of putting them next to a column of is this delivered or not. Right. <laughs> and it's mostly filled in like the vast majority of things that were originally promised have been done now. Um you know, five years later, but, uh, it is, it is engaging and it definitely still has a a few of those survival elements. Right. And that's part of, of the game, but more than that, it is an exploration game and it does a much better job of being that exploration game now than it did when it was released. There are more things to to hook your attention and to play with, more systems to to interact with, or not. Everything's kind of, you know, do do what you make of it what you want. Um, the multiplayer is definitely definitely much better than it was when it was released, which is to say, it exists. <laughs> but that's uh, it's almost it, it's also largely entirely optional. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a good game now, but it was such a crash from the top of that hype mountain to the released product when it was released. Mm. Clearly we should have ended on no man's sky. That would have given us a happy ending, but, uh, yeah, I mean, eh, I don't know. I can say a lot of good things about no man's sky. I feel like it deserves all of its criticism, but it's, it's worth it, it's worth your time to at least look at, if not, you know, devote any actual playtime to. Do it, Ruly. Do it. Yeah, I might. Actually, if you don't want to play the game, uh, Internet Historian on YouTube has a great video about No Man's Sky. You can look that up. Mm. All right, Ruly, I think it's your turn. Oh. When were um, you blinded by the hype machine? See, uh, I'm. I'm going to go for the low-hanging fruit one. Um, do you want the sequel, or do you want the surprise fourth movie? I don't know. Which one blinded you with hype? I'm going to just go with the, the, just go with the Matrix 2. Man, I was so hyped for that movie. Oh, uh, man, yeah. So hyped. Again, this was like around the high school times, too. Man, so much hype. So much. And then it just, it was, it was good, but it just, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, there really shouldn't have been a trilogy. Now they're making another <laughs> one, allegedly. Allegedly, but un- unless it's amazing, I think it's just going to be one of those that I just don't even don't even follow up on. It's been burning yeah. too much. No, there, there's there's too many sequels, you know. Anyway, 
were, were you guys excited about this the matrix sequel coming out Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, yeah, the answer is definitely yes. And I remember part of the hype train being the Animatrix, the DVD. Um, Ooh, yeah. Miniseries. Yeah, that was awesome. And See, the, that was good. That was legitimately that was good. good. Yeah. I, I remember liking a bunch of those. I haven't, I mean, I think I literally saw, I don't know if I saw all of them. I saw most of them once, uh, way before it came out. So I, I, maybe that's something I should go back and rewatch. I don't know. But um, that was part of the hype machine. That was legit. They had like the two different games and they were, God awful and buggy, and I think crashed. So I, I remember stuff about the hype, but yeah, it was the Matrix. Yeah. Everyone fucking loved the Matrix. It was fucking amazing. It's worth its accolades. Like I still think that movie's amazing. Well, I remember thinking at the time, like, man, this is cool. I really hope they don't try to turn it into a franchise. Uh, har har har. <laughs> Matrix Four is filming, folks. I am not hyped about that, by the way. Well, you know how fond we are of those standalone, really excellent movies, um, and it sucks when More they get. Yeah, it sucks when they. It, it's you die a hero or live long enough to become a villain kind of a situation. <laughs> uh, really didn't want that to be the Matrix, uh, living too long, but it has. So here we are. Um, honestly, the Matrix Reloaded could have been a lot worse. It wasn't as bad as it could have been, but that is a real low bar. So, eh. But it was, nothing was ever going to capture the magic of the first film. And I don't think that we will see that with the continuing legacy of The Matrix either. So, yeah. But was Extremely absolutely unlikely. excited for it. Like, <laughs> more Matrix? Never a bad thing. Well spoilers no <laughs> um yeah gosh uh while we're thinking about trilogies um one that was really uh, well actually i guess tom you haven't said one in a little while I can, we've I can, been going around the horn well fine um was was that my cue was i supposed to say one or you guys say one well, I guess I, I guess I will. Uh, the first Lord of the Rings was was that hype though? Like, I mean, um, it was it was for me in my circle. Okay, okay, I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I I think the original Lord of the Rings. Like, I love the Lord of the Rings children. We talked about that. They I rewatched them not so long ago. They're amazing. And every subsequent movie that came out was hype, motherfucking central, and lived up to it. But I don't think yes. I don't think any of them were blinded by the hype. And I don't know that. I mean, I I think. Lord of the Rings broke into the popular zeitgeist because of the success of the first movie. So um, you clearly can speak about that that nerd circle better than I can. How how was the hype, and did it did it live up to it? Because I would assume it did. It's fucking awesome. So um, I I had tried to read the Lord of the Rings um, prior to the the movie coming out, and by movie I mean like the two thousand one Lord of the Rings, not the seventies one. Uh, the 70s animated lord of the rings and you know it it was always something that was like this is cool and i know a lot of things owe their heritage to it but you know for it, it was in 2000 ish as a teenager i'm like i don't know if i can digest this stack of books that are very densely worded um Tolkien's got a writing style that is well. He he writes history books. Um. Anyway, when about the, his own history. 
yeah, he just made up his own history. He's, he's the guy who said, hey, I made this cool elf language. I guess I should write a book of, to go along with it. Um, <laughs> now, when the first Lord of the Rings, the first of the, the trilogy comes out, or was was announced, that was the impetus to me to go read all the books. Finally sit down, knuckle through it, and read the books. And me and uh, I guess maybe small group of my friends were so excited about this. Um, and it was more of an abstract thing, I think, because we all kind of knew what Lord of the Rings was, but we all had to go and do the homework to really mm-hmm. appreciate it. And we did. And we it was it was my first book club. Um, so we read it all. We got ready for that release day. We stood in line. We saw it the day it came out. Um, and it was awesome because we're recognizing like real lines of dialogue from the books that we just read in this movie. It absolutely lived up to the hype train. So this, you're right, wasn't blinded by the hype. Um, this one lived up to it in every way and more. Mm-hmm. Man, Zach's got all the happy endings to this fucking story. <laughs> Sorry, I like I, I I've been looking for good news. We're still like locked in our rooms. It's hard, man. Yeah, know, right. Okay, well, uh, I'll I'll go then. Um, so Zach, you might you might be a little sad at this, but one movie that was definitely I was on the hype train for. I was like, oh man, the last one was great. This is gonna be so awesome. And then you kind of walk out. And you're like, oh oh man, that that might not have lived up to the hype. Star Trek Insurrection. Oh God, fuck that movie. I mean, I it it's not it's not absolutely terrible, but it's no. It's but not, I'm angry that it happened. I'm angry <laughs> that it happened. I'm angry that it happened because there was such great momentum after First Contact. Exactly, and it just shit the bed. I could not be more disappointed with that movie. Like. We're looking around at things. No, no, no. You, you could. It, it was called I Nemesis. Guess. You could be yeah, more disappointed. That's that's true. Nemesis yeah. was somehow even worse. But uh, man, I was like, you know, Star Wars has this cool fan base that you know everybody's talking about these these films and they've made up um, you know this this huge amount of fan content, the extended universe, and. Um, Star Trek is just kind of like over in a corner going like my transporters, my phaser arrays. Why, my, why, why are you talking poorly about my, my franchise? You some bitch. My, <laughs> well, cause like at the time after next gen and then like Voyager didn't really, it, it was good. Like I like Voyager a lot, but Voyager deep space nine, they kind of rode the wave of next gen and, you know, as far as like breaking into this, I don't know. I'm trying to be fair, but I feel like I'm being really hypercritical here. Very, very never... much so. But by, by the way, and it really does it really does not want to hear us talk about Star Trek. But see, I, I don't think DNS Nine rode the wave. I think that it. I think it was a very different beast altogether, and that's actually why it wasn't as well loved at the time. Voyager absolutely yes. rode the wave. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Voyager definitely phoned it in way more than Deep Space Nine, but they were set so close together. There wasn't a clean break between what Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, and even Voyager were really doing. They were all sort of commingled together in the same space. And that's fine, but it didn't really move the franchise in any particular direction. They just kind of played around in the same space in that sandbox. And that's 
that's fine. Like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily, but it got old after season after season after season of being in the same spot. You wanted to see something new and different. And that's what we got with First Contact. First Contact was new and different. And then fucking Insurrection comes along, and it's just so god-awful that it's like, oh, you built this this wonderful little bubble back up in the popular imagination, and then you let it pop. Mm. Zach's pissed. I, mean, I was just disappointed by the hype. Zach is pissed. I am so angry that Insurrection happened. <sighs> All right, Ruli, get us out of here. Get us out of here. Something non... <sighs> Something non-Trek. I mean, we can keep talking about... Do you want us to keep talking about Star Trek? Because we'll do it. <laughs> no, we'll no. We'll fucking do I, it. I, <laughs> I do not take that thread lightly. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Um, very very niche stuff for me from the horror genre, since you guys went on the Star Trek train. Um, I'm going to go with some of the Purge movies, right? Because it's... Uh, the first movie was kind of came out of nowhere. You were blinded by the hype of the purge. Wow. Okay, go on. As as a horror movie person, dude, it's just like, hey, it's just like ha- having this whole like concept of the uh, just the what's it called? The uh, backtrack a little bit. So the whole concept of the purge is there are what no laws for twenty four hours or something like that. Something like and, that. And yeah. yeah, so like the first movie was like a very like sm- small budget. Like everything was done in like a one one room. It was basically like a home invasion type horror movie thing. Um, and that surprisingly did gangbusters. And then they're like, okay, well we're gonna do more you know films in this purge universe. And I mean, it seems like there was a lot of cool stuff to do there, but I don't know. It just it was actually just kind of boring. And the, it's I think it's one of those movies that had a lot of missed opportunities type things, which I know from like a uh, movie watcher perspective, you don't want to be like talking about hey, the movie that you wanted to see, not if, the movie that was there. But if the first you know. movie had some missed opportunities, it had like eight more attempts to figure it out. Yeah, which is the silly part. And I think that's why they kept making so many sequels, because so many people kept showing up to see if they were going to do the craziest that they thought they were going to do, and just, nope, didn't happen. So which uh-huh. one would you say was the, the biggest hype for you? Was it just Purge 2? Was it something else? I think mean, it was probably the second or third one. I mean, I, they all kind of blur together after a little while, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I mean, it's such a cool concept on the face of it to tell a story in, like, hey, what if... Well, of all the what ifs that you come with, what if, what if there were no laws and explore that space? Yeah. Okay, cool. Doing that for one movie and showing uh, a neat story, even on a low budget. Yeah, definitely has some legs. I can see the same thing as like, it, it's that same magic as like the first matrix where you're just like, what if the world is a simulation? Hey, let's play with that space. Um, and then just letting it go on and on and on. There's nothing really left to tell after that first one, it turns out. And I hate to say it, there's going to be, like, I think, another one, and I'm probably going to go see it. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably going to see the next Matrix, so I get this it. Guy. I get it. All right, final final lap. Zach, you got one more? Um, two, 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 two. Uh... You know, kind of a stretch, and I'm reaching way back into the memory banks for it. But um, I remember, I, I think one of the first movies that I was ever really excited about was Independence Day. And it was because of the commercials. And it didn't live <laughs> up to the hype? It, we, you know, this was 96, so 10 or 11-year-old me 
was very satisfied with the way Independence Day went. Uh, punching an alien in the face, blowing up the White House. Uh, the guy from Jurassic Park made a virus that brought down an alien mothership. Yeah, no, everything about it was fantastic to <laughs> preteen me. Looking back, it's super campy. Uh, in, in like the best way. possible way. That's it's like in ni- a fun way. That that movie is like the '90s distilled for me personally. It absolutely is. But like this, this was this was a hype train that uh, it didn't totally pay off. Like they definitely showed all the cool bits in the trailer. But that trailer, man, like seeing seeing <laughs> the White House only blow to Phantom up Menace. On, yeah, seeing the White House blow up on TV and being like, they made a movie out of this. Oh my god, <laughs> gotta see that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was fun. But uh, yeah, no, it was, and it came out on like July fourth too. So they show the White House blowing up, and they're like, Independence Day, July 4th. Oh, my God, it's a whole event. <laughs> they put the day in the movie. So wait, wait, wait. Where, where was the disappointment, other than it being a little campy? It was super campy. <laughs> in the good. best it's, way. It's good, the best type of good campy. You know, I'm not saying that I don't think of it fondly, but Independence Day is okay at best. Wrong. <laughs> you know what Zach uh, you are playing by your own rules for this topic and did, I salute you did seriously you, did you see Independence Day 2 because I did no <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's so bad on the plus side that clearly lived up to its hype none at all <laughs> oh yeah no that looked like the, a trash fire not even the fun one so yeah no I mean I I I'm angry about insurrection, but most of the stuff that I see, I'm pretty okay with having spent the whatever 20 bucks to go see a movie or experience a game. I feel like I never get burned by the hype train because I don't buy into it too much in the first place. You know, a thing exists, you know where the traps are. It's really easy to avoid them. And, you know, getting sucked in by marketing of all things is, (sighs) It's it's energy that I don't really have most of the time. So even when something is not great, I don't feel like I wasted too much time being excited over it. Um, I don't even feel that way about like um, Cyberpunk. You know, lots of problems with that space. I was wondering Love if that was going to make this list. You know, I, I thought. Of- oh my god! Did did Zach crash or did I crash? Sounds like me. I'm a bitch. Let's I. Sorry, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, Cyberpunk. You were saying that you were not disappointed by it? Question mark. Yeah, I wasn't. Like, I love the hell out of Cyberpunk, and I'm trying to think of things in this topic that I can at least criticize. And I don't have any strong criticisms of Cyberpunk personally. And I know there are a bunch out there, and I know that it's a pretty loaded topic at this point. But like for me personally, I didn't experience any thing like a hype train crash it was what i wanted it to be um so yeah okay well uh if we're, if we're going around doing the final lap here my final thing i was going to mention was also a vidya game um i was going to mention aliens colonial marines i that game was so hype i had seen i'd gone to my first e3 i think the year before and i got to see like a a uh 
a booth for it. It had a demo and it had, I think, the giant fucking alien queen and the loader uh, on display. Oh my god, I was so hyped. And I fucking love Aliens. Uh, that movie, <laughs> Alien 2, Aliens, whatever, is still one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, period. Um, it's one of the best sci-fi movies, one of the best action movies, one of the best horror movies. I fucking love it. And so to go back to that universe have an FPS, we're going to do that shit, was so hype. And then it came out and it sucked ass. I remember you talking about it. Oh, so excited. It was so disappointing. I remember the moping. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So much hype. So disappointing. That's it. I have nothing else. Like, there's a billion documentaries if you want to see what happened behind the scenes with Gearbox and Sega mm-hmm. and outsourcing and resources and money and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it was just disappointing. Oh, I'm kind of curious. Was was it just the uh, the videos that got you excited about it? Because, like, I think the games have been kind of up and down, right? Like, AVP was fun. It had good multiplayer, but... Yeah, and it I wasn't played those. A but great this game. Yeah, no, this, this specifically was, hey, we're going to have like a FPS with a story campaign that takes place, you know, directly after the events of the movie Aliens. Like it was just AVP is a whole different thing, right? It's Aliens, Predators, not like taking place in film. This was guys were doing Aliens. And I think I forget were they going to get like Michael Bean to reprise his role for like, you know, just doing voiceover work or some shit like Oh, it was so hype because it was very specifically guys were doing Aliens, the video game. Like, specifically that movie. Not that universe, that movie. Ah, uh, hype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Ruli, wrap us up. Oh, I guess I, the other low-hanging fruit one, um, I'll just go for it. Um, Crystal Skull. I don't know. Like, I, I really liked Indiana Jones. I was kind of interested in them going back and exploring more. And then... Yeah, swinging from, you know, tree to tree with the vines and nuking the fridge. It was a travesty. See, I wasn't that hyped. Like, I, I you know, like everyone else, I like Indiana Jones, but I, I never got fully hyped for the film. I was already like, oh, man, all these. That, that's it. We're doing that next week, guys. We're doing the, the franchises that, that came back in the, the 20 aughts. Um, I just, oh, I wasn't that hyped to begin with. And so then it came out and it flopped. I wasn't really shocked. I don't know. It's okay, guys. Yeah, Indiana was... Jones 5 is going to fix it all. It's going to be great. <laughs> I think it was more shocking at how bad it was. Because I think, I think with any movie like that, there's always going to be some possibility of it being, you know, bad. But, I mean... It was surprising well, how bad it was. It yeah. was surprising how bad it was. And all of the Indiana Jones movies have a certain level of camp to them. That's kind of part of their charm. So, nuking the fridge wasn't entirely out of context, yeah, I guess. T- to be clear, the nuking the fridge scene is like not the one that I have the biggest problem with. Like, oh, I know the, the intro is mediocre, but that's not its biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Um, basically any scene with the Russian woman was oh, terrible. I know. I, I feel so bad, but like, cause like she wasn't bad. The acting for her character wasn't bad. It's just her character was terrible. It's very rare for camp Blanch- Kate Blanchett to be bad. <laughs> I know, like, yeah, this. Yeah. All right, then, not uh, to, yeah, not a bad, uh, not a bad thing to end on there, folks. That was yeah. pretty good, pretty good list. All right, well, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, maybe, I guess, uh, franchises that were resurrected in the uh, in the 2010s or some such. Uh, that that is a topic in the list, and we did just broach it, so perhaps we'll get into that. Otherwise, I'll just keep teasing that eventually I'll do, I'll bet you I'll complete the research on the damn television sets. Uh, otherwise, we'll play it by ear. It's kind of our thing, right? By ear works.
All right. Yep. Well, cool. Zach Ruley, thanks again. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. And until next time, dear listener. QQ! Part 5. Kingdom of the Cast. The q and Wait a second. Oh, God, no. No! No! <laughs> oh, man, they ruined the letter. <laughs> That's staying in. Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. If you like what you hear, check out our website at qq-cast.com. We have multiple types of podcasts, quests, news, reviews, and our choose-your-own-adventure podcast, The QQ Adventure. That website, again, is qq-cast.com. Now, please remember that all views and opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them, not of their friends and family, not of their co-workers or co-hosts, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality.